is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Without a healthy mind, being happy is hard. Visit betterhelp.com super and see if online therapy is for you. Hey, brother, and welcome everyone to our Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings spoiler review where we're going to dissect the movie and try and figure out what its overall impact is on the greater MCU. Here we go. Okay guys, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings spoiler review coming at you right now. Yes. What did you think? I mean, my initial impression was I really enjoyed it. Yeah? Like, yeah. I was like, I laughed a lot throughout the movie. I thought the like choreography and the fight scenes were just like, they were definitely like the spotlight of the movie. They were definitely oh, sure. trying to like, like every, every this is like, this is the point. Like, we're going to show off some crazy fight choreography. If that's what you're in for, then you were going to like this movie. Uh, and I thought they nailed it. I thought, because, I mean, how many fight scenes have you seen in Marvel movies? Like, a million. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and how many of them stand out, basically? Like, like that's the thing about action is that very frequently action is not as entertaining as I think we like to think action is. Right. Like, very frequently, if you get too much action, you just sort of glaze over because you you... It's, it's all cool, it's all impressive, but you acclimate to action incredibly quickly. So right. being able to execute these like little narratives, like like the bus fight scene, for example, oh. which is just like, it is it is flat out ridiculous, but it is also super imaginative and super just kind of like fun and different and memorable. Yes, I mean, they did such a really good job of incorporating like storytelling into the choreography. Yes. I thought like, like as the fight is unfolding, so is the plot. It's not just like, who's going to win this fight? It's like, you're learning things about the characters and things as they go. Right. Which is like, very, like, it's, I think it's really hard to pull off and they managed to do it pretty much over and over yeah, throughout I, the movie. So I think, especially as we dive into like this next phase of the MCU, where it sounds like instead of telling so many of your classic, like, origin stories, we are going to see, which this was an origin story, don't get me wrong, but... I think we're going to see Marvel take stabs at, like, I think uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be like, supposed to be like a horror movie. Right. Like, so you're going to see like different genres in play. And I think that with this, you've kind of got like these martial arts movies. It's like a kung fu movie. A kung fu movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, uh, what is it? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That is right. Is, but like in those movies, very frequently, you have some of these like gravity defying acts of like, martial arts right. being in play. And I, I do think that that was brought very centerfold into how they put together a lot of these scenes where part of me is watching it and being like, this is ridiculous. This is like, it. there's no way the bus wouldn't have crashed into something by now. There's no way that like, oh, yeah. like you know, you're, you're barreling down barreling these down, like yeah. steep streets with San no brakes. Yeah. Like, and, and so the, the fact that it was allowed to go on as long as it was allowed to go on was unrealistic, but in a way that is in keeping with the format yeah. of the movie. It's just like with your—it's all all suspension of disbelief. You're like, okay, all right, for the sake of the movie, I'll believe the cr the the bus didn't crash because this fight's very fun. Right, right, right. Yeah. That being said, though, the one thing that I that I will say that can spawn from this fight scene is specifically the character of Razor Fist. Oh yeah. Uh, which I was just 
kind of not impressed with. Oh, just guy with uh, sword for arm? Guy with sword for arm who yeah. I sort of thought was just gonna be more of like your your henchman-y type of like, I, I'm the muscly dude or whatever. Right. But he ended up having like a little bit too much of a role, I felt, in the movies. Oh yeah, he didn't show up intimidating and then just sort of disappears. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the other thing about this character, like why send him, is they end up having, I think his name is, I don't know if I wrote it down. Is it Demon Slayer, the the guy with the kabuki mask? Oh, it is uh, Death Dealer. Death Dealer. Yes. I don't know where Demon Slayer came from, but it's okay. yep. you know what? It could be either. Um, so I thought that character got kind of underserved. Yes. Yeah, so, a so lot. Why use Razor Fist when you have this other character that I feel like is so, so, so much more in keeping with everything else to do yeah. with this, you know, very Chinese inspired film and and then ultimately, because I kept thinking they were going to take the mask off, especially uh, the fight scene that happens like in the skyscraper where you're watching almost like the backlit yeah. fight, which was my favorite so fight cool. of yeah, the like entire the shadow box fight. Yeah. Yes, that was it was amazingly mm-hmm. neat, uh, and and even just the fact that they were not using the skyscraper as this like potential to fall off type of situation. It was just literally like the setting. It reminded me of like the uh, like any video game you've ever played. It like, did where it was yeah. just like the punch punch right. type of thing. And yeah. I mean, but it's like, it's also, I I think if you've uh, even, I think just growing up, we saw like, you know, all like the Jackie Chan movies and I feel positive there are scaffolding fights in some of those movies. Oh, like, I, like I've yes. seen the scaffolding fights before, but this was like very different. It was very different. Very fun. Yeah, it, it was it was neat. And it was definitely one of those where I, I think like as much as you've ever seen a character fall off of, uh, a main character fall off of something and you're like, well, they're just going to be saved because Spider-Man can swoop in and catch on before they yeah. get around or whatever. Uh, this was this was one where you're like, I'm like, are they going to kill Katie right now? Oh, like, I for sure. I was like, how how are they going to save her? Like, what is going to be the thing? Yeah, because like they give you like the slow mo falling, like the no, and then they do like the fast motion, just like here's falling at regular speed, and it's like, like right, right, whoa, it's like yeah, this is an unsolvable problem. Yeah, like there's nothing left to 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 help us here. Yeah, although I thought the sister saving her. It was just like, you left us for dead. Now you know how it feels like. You mean you intentionally left him up there to die with the intent of saving him just so he'd know how it felt? Like, what a silly thing. Yeah, I, that was that was like one of those moments where I was like, that's not really how these, like, this isn't the best way to make a point. Yeah. Like, in this particular situation. Okay, sorry. So, who did you think was going to be under the mask? That was the thing. I said, I I mean, I just, I just wasn't sure. I just was 100% certain that if there was a masked character who was showing up, at this point in the movie, it was going to be someone who was very specifically like mm-hmm. someone, yeah. anybody. Like it was that person, whoever was under the mask was going to be like an unknown twin brother or something right. like, yeah. you know, there, there needed to be, there needed to be that like. Yeah, because you never, you never found out who was under the mask. I guess that really wasn't important ultimately. It was like, you're right. I think they had like raz- razor fist there as to sort of be like the, the face of like the very low level henchman. And then this guy was like, the middle tier boss between Razor Fist and Dad. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So the other thing they could have possibly done here is you've got Shang um, who like is being trained as an assassin, and then like the daughter who is 
not being trained as an assassin who is training herself. Yeah. I think that like, I mean, you'd have to reorchestrate some of the pieces of the puzzle there. Very easily could have had her underneath the mask. Oh, in the situation, sure. the big twist is that like, she was the one who wasn't being trained. She was the one I was supposed to be looking out for, but no, now she's like the formidable foe. Yeah. Uh, that like ultimately turns against her father's regime once she gets a better scope of the picture of the entire narrative based on what- Oh, I could have seen a situation where she like, trained herself to the point where she killed the original person in the mask and was just like hiding in plain sight. Or that. You know, right, something right, like yeah. that. Like, like uh, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad didn't even know. Didn't even know, yeah. So that that totally could have made sense. Uh, but the, the tension, I think, between brother and sister, I felt like it was kind of one of these things where like Sean like, basically like leaves. He says, I'm gonna come back in three days. He goes off on the mission or whatever. And then just yeah. like goes to America to like live off a life as a valet. Yeah. Um, and like the the sister goes on to run this international crime fighting yeah crime syndicate. fighting ring where she's yeah. got Wong fighting in showcase matches or whatever right 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 yeah. yeah and like is Wong fighting someone like in this particular like is it like supposed to be set up that like Wong and like this giant like lizard being are are like together and they're kind of like all right we threw our punches but like now. Now we're buds. Now we're buds. Like, yeah. let's go back to the locker room and, and shake it off. Yeah, it seemed like there was like a bit of camaraderie amongst competitors yeah. within there. However, and I did not realize this until I was just looking at the IMDb after the fact, the person he's fighting is Abomination from The Incredible Hulk. Like, oh. the villain from Incredible Hulk, who's gotten, like, a redesign, but it's the same character. Because he even calls him Emil in the fight. And interesting. I know. So I was like, now that's interesting. They're bringing back this character from way back, like the second MCU movie ever. Yeah. And I guarantee you're not going to know it's him because he looks one, a lot bigger, two, a lot more like a fish. And three, there's just no way you remembered his name was Emil. Like, there's no way. Sure, 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 sure. Maybe you knew going in. If that's the case, good for you. But in case you didn't know, fun fact, he's fighting Abomination. That could be interesting ball. because, yeah. I, I mean, that would show especially if like Wong is somehow in cahoots with that character mm -hmm. and then also in cahoots with Bruce Banner. Yeah. You know, like we see at the end of yeah. the film, that means like, are they going to be like some Pactico now? Is that just going to be it like, se okay? It seemed like Wong was trying to like, it felt to me like Wong was trying to recruit Abomination. Okay. In some capacity, like, hey, let's go train some more. Good fight, man. Let's right. Yeah, we got things to do. Okay, yeah. so that being said, though, like as, as long as we're talking about Wong, Wong was a character that I felt like was maybe shoehorned into this movie. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, I expect I thought Wong was going to play a huge role. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if maybe that was just misguided for some reason or or not, but like. I think I was expecting Wong to be like Doctor Strange in the upcoming Spider-Man movie where like his role in the movie is like completely integral in terms of like how- Yeah, the plot unfolds. How the plot unfolds. Basically not. They're just, they basically introduce him in the fight at the beginning so that he can show up at the end and introduce Shang-Chi to the Avengers. Okay, okay. Uh, that seems to be everything I got out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and right? I think that's what it comes down to. So we'll, we'll circle back to that in a minute because I, I feel like I want to frame if I were to like start several minutes into our review, I feel like what I would frame my response to this movie as in like the way that I uh, that I was taking it apart last night after seeing it, the best way I can articulate it is that basically, I can't help but compare this movie to Black Panther. Oh, because, I'll tell you you're gonna say Black Widow, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, so, cause I think with, with Black Panther in particular, you have like, you have two sets of massive earth-based world building 
in a kind of fantastical sense. You mean like Wakanda and Talo? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think I think that like those two mirror each other very nicely. And I think beyond that, you have an extreme amount of complexity of of that specific world building to introduce us the audience to. Yeah. And the thing that I loved about Black Panther is the fact that it was like it was seamless. By the end of watching Black Panther for the first time, I like understood the culture of Wakanda. Right. I like understood the rituals, the way of the people, mm-hmm. like what they did, what they stood for, how they operated, like everything. Like I was like, this was a ton of different stuff. And they had like five different tribes in Black Panther that you needed to sort of like know the general sense of like where each of those tribes stood as it pertained to like the main central government. Yeah. And I understood all of it. And it was like, Okay. Got it. I would say in Shang-Chi though, they were also facing the issue of introducing just like this new fantastical land of Talo and like all of the different characters and the special kind of magic that was there and the unique creatures that exist there. And man, if I didn't feel like I was drinking from a freaking fire hose throughout the entire movie, it was like- (laughs) It was a lot to take in. It was like, okay. For sure. Okay. Not only that, I don't think Talo was specifically earthbound. It sounded, I think they said it's like a different dimension. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, and I mean, in, in in that sense, you know, different dimension, different space, different universe, yeah. something of the sort. You know, I, I either way, it was accessed. Yeah. By way by, of Earth. By way you of know, Earth. It wasn't yeah. like they got in a rocket ship and flew to. But the yeah. Planet. So let's let's unpack that then. So they've got like the big gate they're guarding, which has the, the 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 dark one behind it or whatever. Right. So inside of Talo, there's a gate that's holding back the dark one who wants to get into Talo so he can get into Earth. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. And okay. So in here again, let's go back to Black Panther, for example. Black Panther starts with what I think is very good exposition for us, the audience. Like they're telling you how they discovered this material vibranium and how it technologically advanced the civilization so that they were rocketing forward at a speed faster than another, that there there was this one faction that sort of like went off on its own because it didn't agree with, you know, the decisions of everybody else. And you're like, you're up to speed very quickly. Why this movie didn't start with with telling the tale of the dark one being trapped behind this dragon scale oh, door right. is mind blowing to me because ultimately like you you've got his father who is very clearly this like power hungry person who yeah. is like seeking all this stuff he's like you know the established villain but then when it really comes down to it the main villain is the dark one that comes out and the father is just kind of like the catalyst for the release of that character who right. by the time that character is out, I'm sort of like, so does it feed on souls? And that yeah. makes it stronger? <laughs> yeah, well, they did do the opening exposition of here's what happened with the 10 rings. I know, but I think that they gave you the exposition for the father's character, not for what ultimately ends up being the true villain of the story. Yeah. I guess if you will. Depending on who you I want deba- to describe yeah. as the villain. I would say the, the dad is the is the true is like the true villain and like the the dark one is sort of like the end result of his misguided actions like that now they also have to deal with. Okay, right. That's yeah. that's reasonable. So like but in that way I also feel like it then downplays the power of the Ten Rings themselves. I feel like this movie did not explore fully the power of the Ten Rings. Right. At all. And it's so to by which I mean, I don't have any idea how powerful they are at the moment. Like, certainly, like when they showed him, you know, fighting off a single army or whatever, like all by himself, that looked very powerful, but he's also fighting like bows and arrows and he just went in there and was mostly just like 
really powerful like electro whipping the opponents, you know, and then even when it was shooting, I couldn't get a good sense if he was shooting the rings themselves or like energy out of the rings. It seemed like sometimes time. it was the rings themselves. Yeah, sometimes they would like slow it down and you could see like, oh man, all five rings are hitting the person or like he's hitting you with the full rings. And then uh, it seemed like they were powerful, but I, I do not have a good scale at all for it just yet. And I don't know if that was like intentional. Like, I mean, he obviously destroys the Dark One by creating that weird like circle ring thing inside of him and just rip him in shreds, which was right. really cool. Yes. Um, But I don't know. I... I feel like maybe they intentionally just left a lot on the table for the 10 rings. Like even even the choreography, because they had to like invent choreography for how to fight with these rings in this way. Cause it's not like a real weapon, you know, <laughs> these don't these don't exist. Right. So I thought that was impressive that they came up with it. But I was like, I feel like there's so much imagination left for fighting with the rings that we have not seen yet. That but, I think they're going to unfold with a lot. Right, right, right. But that, that's the thing. Like, I, I especially, and I, I, I think when you're seeing that origin story and you see him go up and there's like this army of people, all of whom look very nervous that they're about to fight, you know, the, the army of the Ten Rings or whatever. Yeah. You know, and he kind of trots out there and like cuts the path through. Like, he doesn't exactly obliterate the army. Yeah. Like, that's you what know, I'm saying. it's like he, what he does is kind of carves, like, he does carve a path through it. Yeah. But it's to compare the power of that. And assuming, it, because I genuinely assume that the Ten Rings are much more powerful than like Tony Stark's suit. Yeah, I think I think the Iron Man suit could blast that entire. Right, he doesn't need an army. But I, yeah, I don't think like yeah, I don't think the Iron Man suit needs an army behind him to win that fight. Right. Whereas this guy, yeah, he put a hole in the center of their army and he blew blew down the door, which was nice. But then the army still came in behind him. It's not like he just walked up by himself and did it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it was it was hard to get a, a sense of like what they were doing. It was also hard to get a sense of like where they came from. Like it even felt like in that origin story, they're telling something along the lines of- Oh, that's the big question, isn't it? Where do they come from? Where do the Ten Rings come from? Because they throw around a lot of like thousand years ago, 7,000 years ago, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they think they said that the rings were 10,000 years old and Talo was 7,000 years old, but then the father had only had them for like a thousand years. Right, well, okay. Did they say Talo was 7,000 years old? Yeah. Because if that's the case, then that fits very nicely with the upcoming Eternals movie, which they've been on Earth for seven thousand years. Ah, so I mean that's that that would be like a like a like it's one dovetail. of them an Eternal or something. Yeah, that would certainly seems possible. start to start to piece together the, the various um, that it would like films that that we have coming down the, yeah. down the line. But so yeah, the rings themselves, where they came from, I think is the obvious question you're supposed to walk away from because at the end during like the little mid credit scene, they're like, it's a beacon. It's like, who's it calling? And you're like, yeah, they don't know what they are, what they're made of, where they came from or who it's calling. So that leaves the, a lot open. A lot of open-ended stuff. I think I do know. Who, but, do, who do you think it is? Well, I'm not going to say no. We're going to make another video. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Leave, leave some on the table, I guess, just like Come the movie did. Now. Okay, so the other thing too then though is you have the question of, is there like a worthiness factor? Because at some point in time, the rings basically decide that they're going to choose Chong over his father. Yeah. And, you know, that's like this question of like, why now? Like what happened? Why, like, are, are the rings kind of operating like in a Mjolnir type of way, like with Thor, where like okay. there is a worthiness it was, involved? It was weird because like, yeah, they're fighting and like halfway through the fight, five of the rings switch over to Shang. And it was like, okay, cool. Now they've each got five or whatever. Right. But then um, the, the dark one or whatever gets free and grabs the dad and he's a, suddenly able to just summon all 10 back again. 
Right. And it's like, wait, didn't five of them just switch allegiance? How'd you get them all back? Right. Yeah. And then he like gifts them over. It's like, what? what is happening? Because I don't feel like you gave him the rings the first time. They just sort of switched sides and then you were it and you couldn't call them back. But now you got all 10 back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to know, like, what is what is this like unspoken agreement with the rings and their yeah. masters, if that is such a thing. Also, the, the blue glow versus the orange glow. Right. Was like, to me, it was it was just a, a very like, uh, this is these are the bad guy color and this is the good guy color. Yes. But which. I get you need that, especially when you have ten identical things and you they're switching sides a lot and stuff. So that's fine. Um, but I also think there is like deeper plot meaning as well because when Wong says like we felt it here in Kamartage when you use the rings for the first time, right? And it was like, well, that's weird that you felt it when he used them because dear old dad's been using them for like a thousand years. Why haven't you felt that? Right, so okay, this is again what I was I was curious about as well because I think what you might have with Shang is the fact that he is half of the people of Talo by way of his mother. Okay. So t- to me, I feel like there has to be something to the tune of Talo's relationship with the rings must be somehow unique. And once, once held by one of their own, mm-hmm it like clicked something into place. Okay. So I think that there's certainly something to be said for the fact that it is very likely that while his father was able to use them and able to use them in to, to in a, a very um, dramatic to use, effect, yeah. like yeah, to effect, like he's survived for a thousand years. He has like conquered kingdoms. He has, you know, uh, taken on great power yeah. through all these things. It makes me think that he has only scratched the surface of what these rings are. Yeah, are like, like, well, I think that ties into that. Maybe the opening sentence, it's like the 10 rings could have been used for incredible good or whatever. Right. But he only wanted them for power. And it was like, yeah, I think that could have been the difference too between the glows. Like this person's not using them for good, so... They're just blue. He's just using them very non-creatively, just the most basic thing you can do. Right, yeah, like he's uh, just using them as weapons. Just using them as weapons. And then Sean gets them and is like, oh, look at this. Right. Good guy. Now they're being used for good. We are, now, now we're at full potential power or whatever. Right. So maybe the, the rings have some measure of like the underlying intent of the person who is, Perhaps. Who is using them. I don't know. Um, yeah. But okay, so yeah, back, backing up a little bit with the father as well, though, because there's there's sort of like an interesting layer to the entire plot, which is that the father, Mandarin, I'm just going to call him Mandarin, uh, who has lived for a thousand years and conquered kingdoms and done all these terrible things. And then eventually he finds their mother. And when he finds their mother, he, it's like she is able to show him like a completely different way to view the world. Right. And by that, he's like, I don't know what I was doing all this time. Like, I'm going to put down this conquering path. Right. I'm- Singular power of love. Right, right exactly. Their fight, by the way, the choreography of that one, uh, amazing. Super cool. Like, great example of like the storytelling through fighting. Cause it's like, Oh, it was dumb. a dance. It was a dance. It was 100% a dance. It was like, like we're trying yeah. to hurt each other, but also we're kind of interested in each other. And it's like this weird like line they're going back and forth across. It was, oh, I love that. It was, the whole was scene really was beautiful. Good. I thought, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. But so what you have with this though is, is like a reformed version of Mandarin who like, it seems like he put down everything. Like he, he stopped his conquering quest. He even made the decision. Like I had finally found the reason to grow old. Yeah. Which was like, I had had fallen in love with somebody and by falling in love with them, it was like, this is all that mattered from here on out. And the same, like during that period of time, like you kind of had this slightly cheesy family montage of them, you know, playing playing DDR and, (laughs) you know, like watching movies together and and being happy and, you know, Mm -hmm. all, all the rest or whatever. But 
there is ultimately this this moment of denial access to Talo. Yeah. By the people of Talo. Yeah. Which by way of not having that sought protection ultimately led to the death of the mother. Right. So it's like that that is like a decision that I from almost even like in, in like a real world ethics standpoint here, there's like a lot of, you know, shouting at one another out here in the real world to to view the world through the lens of another or whatever. And um, I think that there's there's always that sense of if you're not going to be happy when somebody changes their mind to see the world the way that you want them to see it because they used to not see it that way then what's the point of asking them to change their mind at all? Right. <laughs> and this is a situation where it's like, I can't, I, obviously I'm not trying to excuse the thousand years of conquest that, 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 this, know, guy does. that this guy has done. But he puts down, he puts down his arms. He puts down his arms. Literally. Yeah, quite yeah. literally. <laughs> like, you know, he puts the rings away. He's no longer wearing them. He's no longer like seeking that life. And so there is some part of me that almost wonders, like if that access is granted, because they don't grant him access specifically so that the the big dragon scale door doesn't get opened. Yeah. But it's the denying him access that ultimately leads to the giant right. dragon scale door being opened. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, would things have just been fine if they were just like, yeah, come to our mystical world, come be a part of this place. Right. Or like, you know, raise your children here. Because the other thing that I think is interesting about that is that Shang doesn't have this like lifelong quest of the same thing as his father. But in the beginning, he tells us that his father sent him on this quest when he was 14 years old. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't do it. I just left. Yeah. And then he ultimately tells Katie, no, I, I lied to you. It. I did do it. Right. But they still open, they still welcome him to Talo with open arms, basically. Right. You know? They, yeah, I guess he sort of just like arrives at the front step. I don't know. They don't, it's not super open arms. Like his aunt comes out and is like, hey, everyone, everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. Right, but like, why yeah. couldn't why couldn't she have said that? Like, to that their is true. Father? Why couldn't like, have said that? Either? Yeah, that that's a very good point. Right. Like, why wasn't that the case before? Right. Yeah. Like he Shang did kill the person who killed his mother, right. and then he was gonna kill uh, Death Dealer as well. Right. Like, I think that was another point of that character is like you got to see like when push came to shove, is he gonna kill someone? And it was like yes. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. 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 So like yeah. he 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 was. I mean. How, how much can you overcome the programming of being trained as an assassin? Yeah. Basically from ages seven to 14. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. Guys, we need to take a brief pause here to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Going online without ExpressVPN is kind of like taking your dog for a walk, but not having them on a leash. For me personally, this would be like one squirrel and pew! Maybe your dogs do great off-leash though. I'm going to assume they do, meaning that typically this isn't going to be a problem for you. But what if that one day does finally occur where your dog spots like a mega squirrel and beelines it for it and then is dognapped? This analogy has gone places, but to be fair, so could your data without ExpressVPN. Full circle. Here's the thing. Most of the time, 
No one is trying to hack you, but if you do find yourself on an unsecured server, whether it be at a hotel, a coffee shop, or the airport, in those places, your data is not secured and can be extremely valuable to hackers, up to $1,000 per person's data. But ExpressVPN puts a stop to all of that by forging an encrypted tunnel between your device and the interwebs, meaning your data is safe. Plus, it is incredibly easy to use. You literally fire up the app, press one big red button, and boom, you're protected. And we here at SCB love it because it works with all of our many devices. Right at this moment, we have over 10 connected to the network, all of them are protected. And best of all, it doesn't slow down our internet speeds at all, meaning we can work safely and at the same speed we would anyway. So secure your online data today by heading on over to expressvpn.com SCB to get an extra three months free. Again, that is going to be expressvpn.com SCB. Link is in the description down below. Man, the fight with him and his dad at the end was like the most Dragon Ball Z fight I've ever seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they do that zoom out shot and he has that like diagonal fall at like lightning speed towards the earth. Like that was right out of Dragon Ball. And then he like walks out of it glowing. It's like, okay, look at me. Here we go. Right. Here's my Kamehameha wave that I just put away. It was like, he did this, you know? Right. <laughs> he made a giant orange he made a orb. giant orange ball of energy. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Uh, also, I mean, I feel like I guarantee you someone who is way, way more well-versed in like uh, anime was picking up on many references that uh, were just going over my head. Okay. Because I feel like as soon as you got in that world, I was like, this place is like, feel just feels very Pokemon inspired yeah. right away. I, I wrote the same thing. Well, I mean, actually, I, there were there were several moments where I was getting like serious Detective Pikachu vibes, oh. <laughs> like down to like the fighting, kind of like underground fighting ring yeah. type oh, of yeah. thing. Like it definitely had that same, that same sense about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, same thing, like where you walk into this mystical land of Talo and all around you is just these like really unique creatures that are just like moseying about. Just moseying about, just having a good time. One of them, I mean, I, one of them was like literally the Nine-Tailed Fox, which I mean, there is a Pokemon called Nine-Tails, which is specifically based on the actual Nine-Tailed Fox, so. Sure, so that's not yeah. a Pokemon it's reference. It's not a Pokemon. Pokemon. They're making the same reference. They're making too. the same reference. Right. But nonetheless, nonetheless, also just thought it was sort of funny that the the kind of dragon that was living in the lake was basically the exact kind of dragon Aquafina voiced in Raya in The Last Dragon. Yes. And Aquafina's also in this movie and hilarious. She was great. Great. I mean, there was there were so many moments throughout the entire movie that that she would just say something and I was like, how are you so funny? I, I, she has like the right inflection for everything. The, my favorite, my absolute favorite was was in the beginning where they were like, well, we should probably go home and get some yeah. sleep so we can yeah. get up for the early shift tomorrow. We could do that. Or, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Cut out, yeah. So that was that was really cool, and that was actually the number one thing that I liked about the movie was the was the chemistry between Shang and Katie. Yes, because I just thought that they were hilarious together. Okay, let me ask you this: Do you think? Because I I liked throughout the whole movie how there wasn't really very much like romantic tension between them. Yes, I per se. Like the grandma asks them early, like, when are you guys gonna get married? And he's like, We're just friends. It was like, so they sort of like plant the seed of that, but like there's never at any point where one is like longing for the other in that way. It didn't didn't feel that way. It didn't at feel all. that way. But at the end, there is a moment where she's like leaning her head on his shoulder and they're kind of like holding hands, and it was like, Is is this just like a I'm really glad to be here with you as your friend, or is like how did you read it? Was that like a, maybe we do care about each other moment or was it just a, 
we're really great friends and we survive something together moment. To me, I think it's like a building block thing that could go either way. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, there's, there's certainly that sentiment, but I, I still, as I was watching it, wasn't, I wasn't pulling anything other than like, these are two friends who love each other type of, right. like in a non-romantic sense. Like, right, like, just platonic yeah. friendship. Yes, but that yeah. that is largely the way that I saw it. And at this point in time, they've been through more than any two people can really be asked to ever go through yeah. together. So, I mean, they're they're going to be forever bonded in that way. Um, but it, it would, I think that that's something where it could really go either way. Could really go either way. Maybe it's just like the rings where it's like, there's more to see, but there's we kept, more. we, we kind of kept like a, a little bit of oh, a yeah. governor yeah. on it. Yeah, you could put it on there, like very open, because my thought, because I think they held hands through the portal at the end too. Oh, like to, to, through like um, Wong's portal? Yeah. Okay. Did they, maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering. Either way, doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I was talking to um, Kat, uh, who works here beforehand. She was just like, she was very much like, no, no romance at all. And I, like, I walked out feeling like, oh, maybe there was something. So it's yeah. interesting. I want to know what you guys think, whether you think there was romance between them at the end. Right. I mean, that, uh, yeah. And probably as far as speculation is concerned, that's one of those things that you could, you could drop it either which way. Yeah. Um, depending on, yeah, depending on which way you read it. Because it, it honestly reminded me a lot of Rogue One. Uh, oh, the, like, like Jen or so. Jen or so and... Uh, Andor, Cassian Andor. Nice. Got it. Well done. Uh, yes, because they have that moment sort of right at the end where, like, obviously the planet is exploding in front of them and they just sort of, like, you know, embrace. Yeah. And it's like, at that point in time, is it like, we came on a mission together, we completed the mission, we did the right thing, we're going to die. Right. And so it's like the sort of, like, last moment of humanity type of thing. Yeah. Um, or Or was that, like, sort of romantically charged in some way and it's kind of... I think it just depends maybe on the viewer and with them in particular, it's like, well, that was the end. Yeah, so you can just sort of project your own feelings onto it. It doesn't really matter which way because they die five seconds later. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, there was one thing about Katie that I that I was like, nope, nope. The nope. driving? No, it, well, oh. the, I mean, the driving, sure. I mean, I thought it was like a funny, like sort of underlying superpower to give her, like that she actually has this like, yeah. you know, spectacular ability I to I love drive. that she was like really up to date on NASCAR. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like the Asian Jeff Gordon. <laughs> right, yeah. Who? Also, that she would know that much about NASCAR and he would not know that about her, given how much time they spent. Right. It's kind of funny. Right, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, no, it was the bow and arrow thing. I thought that was just silly. I oh. was like, I, because, because there's no doubt about it. Like they established very early with Katie that she's got like her master's degree from Berkeley and that she is like a, incredibly smart person who has like opted for this like life out of the fast lane not to be too yeah like this that's like sort of the the minor character arc that both of them are going on like we're not really trying <laughs> right like they're, they're incredibly yeah. capable people who are valets i think with that she even has this comment where basically like whenever she like puts too much energy into anything her fear of failure basically is like what pulls her back from yeah she's like i know my limits and they're like if you aim at nothing you hit nothing right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but like and then, and then they're self-aware with it too, to be fair. Like they at the are. end of the movie, they're like, I trained for like one day and then it's like, boom, shot him like right through the throat, you know? And you're like, yeah, I did like that they were, that makes it, it doesn't totally make it okay, but it makes it a lot more okay well, in my mind. I, I think it wasn't, it wasn't so much that I couldn't believe a situation where she could shoot a bow and arrow straight, even after being like trained a little bit. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's not really like what I'm totally fussed over. I think really what it came down to is the fact that like, you have this gigantic 
monster yeah. who is like literally fighting the dragon with the actual scales that all of the rest of the armor and weaponry is made from. Yeah. And this small arrowhead shot from the ground by a novice bowman literally <laughs> shoots through the throat. Yeah. Like significantly enough to turn the tide in the battle. Yeah, I get you. I hear ya. you. See, you see what I I'm coming from? It looked, it, cause yeah. To look at the arrows on the ground, they look like regular arrows, but to see that arrow rip its throat open, it was kind of like one of the, like, uh, what what do they shoot? It's small, smaug, you know? The, right. The iron, it looked like Game of Thrones when they shoot them out of the sky. Yeah, those yeah. giant spear shooting, like, what is the word? The barista, batista? Ballista? Ballista. Ballista. It looked, yes. A barista. A barista. <laughs> Firing a bell. <laughs> I forgot the ballista. That's what it looked like. Hit that thing in the throat. It was a giant arrow. Yes. It, yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah. look like a little stick. Oh, yeah. It, it almost feels like the type of thing where they should have had a giant arrow on the ground. And, like, the whole team would be, like, working to, like, crank it and direct it. And then, like, they get knocked out. And, like, their orbs get swallowed up by the giant dragon. And then she steps in and, like, pulls it. And it's yeah. like, boom. That could have worked. That could have worked. That could have worked. Anyway, bow and arrow, it's fine. It worked. It hit, hit the mark. One day of training. <laughs> One day of training. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I mean, I don't know. Like, as we push forward, I feel like there are there are the big questions. There are like the MCU implications of Shang Chi. Like, yeah. As as like a film, because especially as you like creep your way into the post credit scenes, the interactions with Wong, like. You very, very, very quickly have these two characters, Shang-Chi and Katie, yeah. introduced to Captain Marvel, Bruce Banner, and uh and Wong. Yeah. Um, so you know, like as you're as you're dealing with like those three characters, they're all kind of unique for different reasons. Wong being like sort of a master of the mystic arts, uh, Captain Marvel sort of being like your authority on like deep space slash other you know, yeah. intelligent life out there. Right. Rest of the galaxy. Rest of the galaxy. And then Bruce Banner obviously being sort of like your hyper physics based scientist, yeah. like who can who can understand it. So you're you're dealing with some some heavy hitters. Right. You know, in terms of like and no who, one knows about the no, none of those three areas seem to know anything about the rings. Right, right, yeah. right. So if like you were outside of the scope of all three of those, it's like where are you left? Yeah. And so that's that's a huge question. And I do think the origin of the rings, the implication of the rings, what the rings will go on to accomplish, yeah. you know, in a in the MCU greater is going to be pretty massive. I think so. Um and so that that kind of becomes that like Ant-Man introduces us to like the quantum realm. And the quantum realm is incredibly important to the events of Endgame. Yeah. Even if Ant-Man himself isn't necessarily like driving that nail. Right, sure. You know? So it, I think that like when you when you want to look at the movie not as a film on its own and as a piece of the greater puzzle, mm -hmm. I think that probably we just got to introduce to an artifact that is just going to have massive importance. Somehow, I, if I were to take my, my guess here, somehow it is going to be a key to navigating the multiverse. Oh, could be. So like like some type of, maybe even quite literal key. You know, sure. like, like, could could that be like the piece that allows you to like hop interdimensionally? Oh, in I mean, they're rings. So it feels like you could go through the rings if they got big enough. True. You know, true. who's yeah. to say? Very 
jumping through hoops sort of thing. Right, which I mean, I guess the Mr. Carts are already kind of doing that. They're kind of already doing that, so I don't know about that. I can see these things sort of like stabilizing the multiverse, sort of oh, like, you know, yeah, yeah, being like okay. the thing that all time flows through or something, I don't know. Okay, so the other <laughs> thing, I think they said that like it, it hit Earth they like found it like in the like a fallen asteroid. Oh, uh, they said maybe he found it in a fallen crater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so if that's the case, I mean, Wakanda is literally built on top of a giant yeah. piece of space vibranium that yeah. hit Earth, and like that is that is the foundation for the entire civilization. Yeah. So we're having a fair bit of Earth is a a magnet a for magnet. interesting. Well, yeah. galaxy-wide events. Okay, well, let me let me back up a lot of bit because okay. you said it reminded you of Black Panther. To me, this movie reminded me a ton of Black Widow. Like, it's the second movie in a row where the bad guy is this running a secret bad guy organization at a secret base on Earth the entire time, and they have a trained army of assassins who are actually influencing all of history, unbeknownst to everyone. Sure. And, like, and it's all down to a single family that's been, you know, separated and they came back together and now they're beating the bad guy. And when you say it like that, yeah. when you say it like that, I'm, I'm smelling what you're saying. You it was like, how much, like, okay, between Hydra and the Widows and the Ten Rings, how many secret organizations are actually running the earth, you know? Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Yeah. Like the president of the United States is just like, that's laughable. That is laughable. Yeah. We're, we're all out here in the mountains slash our flying space station cloud yeah. cloud city base. Yeah. Yeah. With Lando Calrissian somewhere. Somewhere. Probably. That maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. <laughs> it also. It, so was it the case? They re- they definitely referenced Iron Man three. Yeah. With Mandarin, which I don't know how we haven't talked. Oh. Let me just give a, a brief moment to Trevor. Because Ben Kingsley's return. That was hilarious. Hilarious. And with Morris, like the little, you know, like. The little piece of merchandise everyone wants now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The porks of this movie. The porks of the movie. Um, Little OP I thought Morris was. He just like could completely talk to Trevor and he could completely navigate them through a jungle and a BMW. This movie was sponsored by BMW. I don't know if you noticed, it was every car. Yeah, did Audi like lose the Marvel sponsorship? I don't know. Yeah, BMWs were everywhere. Everywhere. yeah, so that was that was that was prominent. That was yeah. prominent. Also, how did how did Trevor, who is like not capable of realizing like acting and horses and the apes and you know oh like short acting <laughs> like they were riding yeah. horses? You became an actor because you thought the monkeys were riding. It's like when in fact they were acting. Is that like also stuck a head around it? <laughs> and oh and yet, God. and yet he can translate everything from Morris. Perfectly. Yeah. Morris, who, mind you, does not have a face. Yeah, and who's navigating the jungle. Uh, yeah. yeah. Morris, I thought, was a little, just a little... It's, all, it's all circadian rhythm yeah. or something. Sure. You know, being mm-hmm. one with the earth and... How has no one else discovered this jungle, uh, like, from above? Like, I can understand if you wander into this ever-shifting hedge maze of... The, the jungle and it like eats you because you don't know where you're going. But how is no one from above seeing the maze just like happening? Yeah, I don't know. You know? I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. But okay, so what, what were we saying though? So we were saying like, we, we referenced back to Iron Man 3 yes. in the Ten Rings, but the Ten Rings were also potentially involved with Iron Man, the original, the first Iron Man movie. Right, Because like guy. that's that's sort of what we think is going on is that it's, they at least 
tease the Ten Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because the, the Mandarin is typically like Iron Man's greatest foe. Okay. Yeah. So that was just sort of maybe like a misdirect. May- maybe it was a misdirect. It was like, yeah, we're doing Iron Man. Of course, we got to set up the Mandarin. Of course. Right. 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 Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, here we go. Here's Ten Rings, and yeah, I feel like they lo- their little dinner conversation was like <laughs> some terrorist group actually thought they could pass off as me. Right. Called themselves the Ten Rings. <laughs> yeah. That was them. That's all. Get it? <laughs> we whoops. Retcon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, we'll fix that real quick. We have to address it. We know you're going to ask. We're not connected. They were pretending to be me. I'm the real thing. I'm the real thing. I am am that much legend. Yes. Okay, so my, yeah, I guess my final question before we sort of like round off here then is, was the sister supposed to be up to something at the end? Oh, like, very hard to tell. the mantle because she doesn't have the rings, but. She doesn't have the rings. She's definitely leading the 10 rings and it says the 10 rings will return, which was confusing because it, it like, did it mean Shang-Chi in the 10 rings? Obviously he's going to come back or the 10 rings, the organization. And then it was unclear whether or not, yeah, the sister was going to run them as like a, criminal organization or just like i'm in charge now and i will do what i want right or or was it even just literally like hey now i'm gonna move my base of operations from this one place in a kind of disheveled skyscraper yeah. where the elevator might fall off the side of the building yeah to my my dad's old stomping grounds and we're right. gonna do the exact same thing because i didn't really understand the sister's character arc almost at all it's like, like she just left the family and built an empire herself and then was sort of there for all of the stuff that happened, but then also seemed like the moment all of that stuff was done was like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to exactly what I was doing before. Yeah. So then, okay, let's, let me ask you this. Who sent him the postcard at the beginning? I think it was the father. The father sent I, it? I think the father sent it knowing that, I think the father was basically pulling the strings of, sent the postcard so that when the pendant was stolen, he would immediately go to the sister. Although I don't know why that would be relevant. Why would he want him there? Yeah, wouldn't that just make it harder to get the pendant from the sister? Yeah, unless mm-hmm. he wanted to like collect them all from the same spot. Who did send the postcard? Right. Unless he, unless the initial intent was to have him travel just, to the sister initially to collect both pendants from the same place. Right. Because I mean, there's the, we also had the comment where it was like, I always know where my children are, and yeah. it was sort of like, and he was also like. I knew they wouldn't be able to kill you. I was like, so why did you send them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But this is just a tiny aside, not really relevant, but maybe my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the movie, and it was very brief, but I was like, I am, like, it was the moment that like totally sold me on him as a character altogether. Yeah. It was, it was right at the start of the bus scene where like, they're like asking him for the pen and he's like, I don't know what's going on. What are you doing? Get away from me. And then they like uh, shove Katie and like the look, he, it's like, it was just very good acting, I think, but like the look he musters, like the amount of anger and like concern and like love, he's like, mm. like, oh, like no, yeah. you did not. You can come yeah. and shove me, but yeah. not no, her. No, Mm-mm. Yeah. It was like, I, I mean, you've, I've seen a ton of characters reacting like, oh, not that way, but it was, I don't know, it was like very well done. I was like, ooh, I like this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say across the board, the cast of this movie was, Phenomenal. Very I think good. everybody did did a really outstanding job. I, I think that I have been reading and seeing like a lot of like the reactions and responses to the movie. And I think like on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's got like both critic and audience scores are over 90%, oh. if not over 95%. Wow. Um, and I, I think that like, I found it to be like an enjoyable movie, but I, I don't know that like, my reaction to it was best Marvel movie you've ever seen. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't even think I'd put it like top five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so. 
I don't know. It's I don't know if I'm just being like critical of things because like when when you're like looking at anything through the lens of like review, it's kind of like okay, like why did this happen? Do I do I agree with why this happened? Did this make sense? Like does it the, like is it in keeping? <clears throat> um, but I I felt like the more notes I was writing about the movie, the more I was feeling critical of it. Mm, interesting. Um, feeling like maybe like I didn't think that I thought there was too many things going on, and so not much of it had that much weight. Like I was not very like, I wasn't having like the same like emotional reactions that you might have during like the, you know, holy heck moments of the movie where it's like, whoa, you know, like, and I don't, I don't know if like maybe that was like underestimating or not being like properly introduced to the power of the rings and then not really having a moment where like, it was really cool. Like when he sent the rings inside of the big the dark one. The dark one yeah. and like, you know, rip, ripped it apart or whatever. But even that wasn't quite, I wouldn't even put it on par with like Captain Marvel sort of like going, you know. Like ripping through the hull of a bunch of ships. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were like, oh, oh man. Oh. Like, like knew she was powerful. This is pretty powerful all of a sudden. Right. Um, like, you know, the the illustration of of kind of like what you're getting out of it, I, I think was, was maybe like lacking for me. I, I didn't have I felt like the, the motivations of a lot of the characters felt a little unclear. Yeah. I think throughout, like, again, I, I didn't really feel like, I didn't really feel like I fully understood why, why Tallow would turn the father away when it seemed like he was trying to like make amends to begin with. Right. Um, I, I felt like the sister's reaction felt like it was rather severe. I don't even know. Like, yeah, it was, I didn't think all the pieces fit together the way that maybe they were hoping they would, but I'm also completely open to the idea that I'm just wrong <laughs> because it feels like there's been overwhelmingly like positive reactions. Maybe so. it's, uh, it'd be interesting to have a second pass. I know it would be interesting yeah. to have a second pass, to have a little <clears throat> bit more awareness about some of the pieces of it. Cause I mean, it is a character who I do know less about going into it. That's true. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they did have to do a certain amount of like educating the audience about who this is. Right. It's not like, you know, like, Oh yeah. Captain America, guy shield, real strong. Get it. Right. 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 About him my whole life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But again, if I were to, go back to to comparing it to Black Panther. I feel like I felt the same way walking into Black Panther. I didn't know that character extremely well. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, I was like, this is like one of my top two movies. Like, yeah. and it still remains that way. Right. Like, I loved Black Panther. <laughs> Although he was introduced a little before his own movie in Civil War. Black Panther. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. <clears throat> yeah. So you've seen some amount of it, but right. not a whole lot of like where he came from or Wakanda or how it all works. Yeah. What sure. it means to be the Black Panther. Right. So anyway, that being said, what what would be your score out of one hundo? I'm think I re- I'm feeling I think eighty two is where I'm, I'm landing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think we're like in the exact same range then. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking like eighty two, eighty three. Wow. So All right. yeah, the, definitely like right there. Right there. Um, very solid. Very solid. I thought it was super funny. I thought it was super self aware. Yep. Uh, lots of lots of good lots of like good moments throughout, and I'm very excited to see what impact this is going to have as the MCU. Charms forward. Oh yeah, I, I do think that like, we just got introduced to like. That's the thing. I'm immediately like very eager to see all these characters again. Yes, I would agree you know? with that completely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Okay. I'm here for it. Yes. Let's do it. So and we got Eternals right around the corner. I feel yeah. like there's a very real possibility, especially if that seven thousand and seven thousand thing adds up. It means that possibly the rings came with the Eternals. Well, the rings were ten thousand years. Oh, okay. But okay. the uh, 
Talo was seven thousand. Okay, got so it. So okay. possibly that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, some some possibility of having connections there. I do think the Eternals stand too, because again, you're gonna have another situation with them where it's like, where are you guys been this whole yeah. time? Who? And we know with them that their whole thing is that basically they are they are put on Earth with one mission, which is to basically yeah. battle the deviants and right. anything that isn't the deviants is why they haven't been involved exactly thus far. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see like what that brings with us. And then also we've got Spider-Man still this year. Yes. Come, so oh, so well, much Marvel still to come this year. And the what if is still coming out on I know. The weekly right now on the weekly. Mm. So anyway, guys, be sure to let us know how you felt about Shang-Chi and the seven r- t- 10 rings, 10 rings. Wow. You got it. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know how you felt about Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings in the towel section down below. <laughs> Guys, as always, thank you so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Marvel action from us. If you want to see our breakdown of the latest Spider-Man trailer and why Doctor Strange is not Mephisto, you can check out this video right here. But otherwise, until next time, bye. bye.